Find out why I think talk is cheap on this episode of Pushback. If you're concerned about the direction our culture is heading, then maybe it's time to push back. Welcome to Pushback. I'm Dr. Johnny. Thank you for tuning in. I am in the middle of the Clausen home remodeling project. And so if you're watching on YouTube, you can see paint all over my hands. I'm a little bit hot and sweaty. I have band-aids on my fingers from all of my injuries because I'm a physician, not a carpenter. <laughs> so there's been a few little bumps and bruises along the way. Uh, my back hurts, my knees ache, but I'm happy to report that we are on the tail end of this project because we have a deadline. My daughter is getting married in about two and a half weeks. And uh, because of that, we are pushing hard on the last stages of our remodeling project, and we are praying, hoping, and working hard to get this to completion. Uh, it is turning out quite wonderful, and we're very pleased with the fruits of our labor anyway. Uh, there is a, a new granddaughter. I am a grandpa. Uh, we have Lucille Rose, who was born on June 4th, and uh, I'm in love. That's all I can say. I'm in love with my wife, and then now there's this little baby girl that already has my heart, and uh, I think I'm wrapped around her little finger already. Uh, so we are are glowing at the Clausen home uh, with new life, uh, new uh, furniture, <laughs> uh, new yard, as we're working on those things, and uh, we're going to have a new son-in-law very soon as well. So a season of newness and of love and of celebration and rejoicing for sure. So thank you for sharing in that and listening to me each and every week. Uh, we have so much to talk about. And I know that this issue of race relationships have been has been something that has been just brewing uh, over the last really two to three weeks. Uh, since the George Floyd incident that happened right here in our own backyard in Minnesota. I know that there's been another shooting down in Atlanta, uh, Rayshard Brooks, uh, which has sort of refueled uh, this fire. And it's a good fire. I mean, anytime there is something that comes to light that needs to be dealt with, whether it's in our own lives, whether it's in society or culture, I believe it's a good thing. My wife and I have learned that the Holy Spirit really likes to put its hot little finger on issues even in our own lives so that they come to the surface so that we can deal with them, so that we have real healing, so that we can enjoy and find joy in life and in relationships with others. Uh, he loves that. And I believe as a nation, the Holy Spirit has his hot little finger on an issue that has been burning since the inception of this nation for sure. And, and these episodes, these incidences that happen, uh, I think are becoming less tolerable, which is good. Um, and, and, and there is a, maybe an underlying, I don't want to use the word fear, but an underlying anxiety about that this is just going to be another incident that comes and goes. This is going to be something that uh, we all sort of rally around each other, uh, try to give some uh, trite solutions, and then we just move on until the next incident happens. 
And I, I honestly, I, I feel frustrated, even as I'm, I, I've really been tuning in and listening to uh, the news, a talk radio, even sports, which I love. So I listen to a lot of sports uh, about the rhetoric that's taking place. I don't know how many people are familiar with Colin Kaepernick. Uh, he was the quarterback uh, in the NFL, uh, and he began to kneel on the sidelines in protest of, of, of racial issues. And, of course, there was a lot of backlash by owners and other uh, uh, players because they felt like he was uh, discrediting the flag during the national anthem. Because of this, uh, he has been, many would argue, sort of blacklisted and has been out of the league uh, for several years because of this. It's interesting now, because uh, of the incidences that have taken place, there's been a call for some team to re-sign Colin Kaepernick. Now, I'm okay with that. I, I have nothing against him personally. I, I don't believe he's really the root issue, although he is trying to draw attention to the root issue, which I think is fine. Uh, but what I'm frustrated by is signing Colin Kaepernick to a football team is not going to solve any problems. The problems are rooted deeper. And, I, and I've been hearing all week uh, of, of the rhetoric even on the radio and on TV of really well-meaning people trying to come up with some kind of solution or talk. And there's t-shirts that say, you know, I'm part of the change. Well, what change? My question is, what are you going to do? And, and the people that are rising up and carrying the signs and wearing the t-shirts, honestly, probably aren't really the problem. They're already engaged. They're already caring for people. Their heart is already perhaps close to the right place. But my question is, is then, then what is the change? I, I, I feel like talk is cheap. We can talk and we can talk and we can talk and we can say things that um, really are often spoken to just make us feel better. I just want you to know that I care about this and I'm going to be part of the change. Well... I'm not trying to be critical of those words because I believe they're coming from maybe a right heart. The problem is, what change? What are you going to do? What is the solution? What is the answer? What is the prescription for the disease, the problem, the, the pain that it's taking? See, when you say talk is cheap, it means that it doesn't really cost us much. We can say things with our mouths that, you know, we care about people and we care about our brothers and, and we want uh, the racial tension to diminish and, and to decrease and to go away. We all want that, but we all don't know how to be actually the change and what the solution is. See, change doesn't come from rhetoric. Now, I know that I'm doing a podcast and just talking, but I can, I can implement some change. I can try to inspire some change. But even my talking isn't going to be the completion of the answer. Um, fundraisers, t-shirts, even signs and protests, they all have their place. And I'm not diminishing those. There's actually a place for those in our society and even in our democracy. But it's not the answer. The answer always has to come from a change of heart. It always comes from the heart and not only a change in our heart, but a, tra a transferring of that heart from generation to generation. See, this podcast is all about cultural change. And, and if you go back to my first couple podcasts, if you haven't heard those for a while, I encourage you to go back and listen to those because it gives the foundation for really the purpose and the meaning of why I'm here and speaking from my heart. But the, culture, the, the definition of culture is the sum total ways of living 
passed down from generation to generation. We can't separate those two clauses in that sentence, that, that the culture is the sum total ways of living. That includes the ways that we relate to each other in our society. But not only that, it's what we are actually passing on generationally to our children. That actually forms part of our culture. And, what, and the inference that I made in the early podcasts that, that I released is that if we actually thought generationally, if we actually had the notion that our actions, our words, um, the things that flow from our heart actually affect our children, then maybe we would behave differently. Well, what about this issue of race? What about, what about standing in the gap and saying, I am not only changing the fundamental conversation but I'm actually having that conversation with my children so that, it, so that any part of racism that's in our heart actually ends generation to generation. See, racial and racism is a learned behavior. So I believe that the understanding that there are no races can be a learned behavior. I encourage you to listen to my last two podcasts the Answer is Black and White, and The Brown Initiative, my two previous podcasts. If you haven't listened to those before, I encourage you to go back and then listen to these uh, chronologically in order because I believe there's a crescendo, there's a building and a momentum. And the response that I've gotten from some of my listeners are, is very encouraging as there's a little bit of a stir that's happening with the things that I've been saying. That's what I was hoping. That's what I always hope would happen. See, it's all about heart. It's all about the transformation in our hearts. See, Jesus came, uh, the Lord actually gave us the Ten Commandments. He gave us, he gave us uh, fundamental uh, substrate and structure and how we were supposed to live. But Jesus came and said, those were written on stone tablets. I am coming actually to write the commandments on your heart. It's a circumcision of the heart. So that what, what flows from us, what is contained within us, is actually heart-related, not mind-related, not rote religious activities, but heart. Luke 6.45 says, A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good. And an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. Basically, it's saying that talk is cheap. <laughs> See, if we just talk, but we don't have our heart behind it, then it, then it actually is just words. It's just words. And that's what I've been hearing this week. And I'm not using any names. I'm not trying to be critical of really well-meaning people, but I've heard a lot of well-meaning people this week with no real plan. And the real fear is complacency. No change. Let's just move on with life. This makes me uncomfortable. Let's talk about something else. But what I've been proposing over the last couple weeks is what I have coined the Brown Initiative. Because I believe I do have a different perspective on things. Different perspective on the actual conversation. The Brown Initiative is starting from the notion of Bible and science. The Bible saying that we are all descendants of Adam and Eve and ultimately Noah. And, and I can promise you that Adam and Eve were medium brown skinned, as all of us are. We have coined the term black and white, even though black people are not black and white people are not white. We are all brown. We're all just different shades of brown based on the mel melanocytes that are in our skin. 
I am much more brown now than I was three weeks ago because I've been working outside in my yard. And my melanocytes have been stimulated, and now I'm more of a deep brown. There are people that have a deeper brown skin than me, and there are people that have a lighter brown skin than me. But we are all brown. And the Bible says that we are all one blood. All one blood. Only for that to be backed up by science. After the Human Genome Project was done, they were expecting to see about five or six different type of, of races that we would see in our genetics. But actually what it is as proven to show and is not talked about very often because it flies in the face of our evolutionary friends, that we are actually one race, the human race. Period. And I believe that is a start, it's, a, it's, a, it's a, a momentum, it's a driving conversational piece that could actually bring about real change. Is it the full answer? No. Does it bring recompense to things and, and the outlandish, horrible um, things that have happened to people in our society in the past? No. It does not, it does not level the playing field of white privilege and, and, and um, access that... that so many in our society are, are crying about. Does it solve all those problems? No, not yet, but it's a start. It's a start to change the culture. It's a start of a way that we can teach our children to talk about one another. It's the sum total ways of living passed on from generation to generation. I want my kids to understand that we are all shades of brown, just like Adam and Eve were, and we're all brothers and sisters as descendants of God's children. Descendants as God's children, which makes us all brothers and sisters, all brown-skinned, all part of society. We are all Americans. So please lean into the Brown Initiative. It's a challenge. It's, I said it's a 30-day challenge to not use the offensive terms black and white that divide us and create create division and puts us in boxes, but actually allows us to talk about one another as Americans, as humans, as equals. See, the Bible says to love your neighbor as yourself. The problem is, is when we put each other in boxes, we see each other as not in our neighborhood. <laughs> we see each other as adversar adversaries rather than neighbors. And that is the fundamental problem that we are facing right now, is that there is an adversarial relationship based on years of prejudice and pain and ruthlessness and, and adjunct racism in our country. And because of that, we are no longer neighbors, we are adversaries, and that's what we are seeing on the news and the only way to change adversarial relationships is to find that common ground, to find that place that we are alike, which is everything. According to the Bible, we are completely one blood, and according to science, we are one race. See, if we begin speaking a different language, I believe it removes boundaries, it removes barriers, it removes boxes, it removes lines, it removes these places that we put each other in I believe it can even remove the term minority. Think about it. If we're all just brown, there is no minority. Now, I know some people may feel, well, that's a dangerous proposition because we always have to make sure that, that some people are protected. Um, but the problem is, is that we keep trying to fall back on putting people into boxes, 
into categories instead of as Americans, as humans, as loved children of the Most High God. We use the term people of color. That just feels wrong. We use these terms and we throw it around. And, and, and unbeknownst, we've just categorized people and have separated. And then we teach our children that we are different than them. We are separate from them. And then there's conversations that were better than them. That they're like that and we're like this. And, and the conversation is perpetuated from generation to generation. And that's what breaks my heart. And that's the pain. That's the, the outflow. It's the symptomatology that we see right now based on the pain that has been there because the conversation is wrong. I get fired up about this because I feel like it's just a basic fundamental understanding of who we are and our identity and how important this is to society. And I believe that things can shift and change. I've had many listeners that actually believe the same. Let me just read a few of the letters that I've received. This is from Candace. It says, thanks so much for all your pushback episodes and other videos too. You are a huge encouragement to our family. My mom and dad talk about so many of your posts, so I need to get on here and listen too. This Brown Initiative is so interesting and great food for thought. Thank you, Candace. That's so encouraging. Kathy wrote, yes, I'm with you in the Brown race. I have many friends that are darker brown than I am and will share this. Another thought, if I, if I were you, I would even try to get through to President Trump with what you said. This could bring a breaking point in history with him supporting the church and that we all came from Adam and Eve. This could make a difference. Wow, Kathy, thank you for those words. And that is food for thought. I think it's quite likely that I may craft a letter to President Trump and Vice President Pence and just offer this language, offer this rhetoric, if you would, about this such important topic that may give them some talking points and ways to bring real reconciliation. I would love to be part of a breaking point in history because culture needs to change. And that's what this is all about. Matthew from Ohio, also a fellow doctor, wrote this. I really, appreci I really appreciate this change in perspective. It perfectly articulates to my mind what I have felt in my spirit for some time now. I have never felt comfortable putting race in my medical charts for patients, as I never felt that it was necessary or relevant to the care that I provided for them. I see other physicians document race, though most of the time, and this is, this is important, most of the time what is documented is if someone's an African American and not any other race, which I always found confusing to me. Not sure if you've had similar experiences in the medical field, but I never felt the need to document an individual's race. And with this perspective change, I understand why it was uncomfortable to me in my spirit. Thank you. Thank you, Matt, for writing that. And yes, I agree with you 100%. It is it's the most astute observation is not only that race is documented, but typically only the black race or the African-American race tends to be documented. We don't often document that somebody is white. 
It's because it's an us versus them issue. They're, they're seen as different, especially in our cultures or in our regions. They're different. So we're going to actually put that in our chart because we think that's important. It's because it's how we've always been taught and how we've been trained. But here's the point, Matt, and to my other, other listeners. It's the fact that it was discomforting to you. I believe that is the real avenue to change. I love the fact that you wrote that it was uncomfortable. See, the first step to change often is discomfort. If we sit back and say, this doesn't concern me, I'm out here in my suburban life and this doesn't affect me, this is an inner city problem. I hope that we could stop talking about this because it makes me uncomfortable. That's what needs to happen, just like happened with Dr. Matt, is it needs to make us uncomfortable. This needs to make us uncomfortable. The Bible says to love your neighbor as yourself. So to say it doesn't affect me is a lack of understanding of Scripture itself. Because everybody in our society, everybody in America is our neighbor, and we should love them as ourself whether they're darker brown or lighter brown. We love them. So it does affect you. It does concern you. Culture matters. It not only matters to you, but it needs to be perpetuated to your generations. Begin talking to your children about this. Have them listen to this podcast if you don't know how to articulate it. Have them listen to this because they can understand this. They follow this. Kids at a young age realize that there's something going on here and even at school and relationships with other people and the different color of brown skin that's found in every school. See, talk is cheap. So I challenge you again to, to adhere to the brown initiative. I, I said, try it for 30 days. And the reason is, is that studies have shown that it takes three to four weeks for a habit to change. If we remove the terms black and white from our lips and talk about people who are maybe lighter brown skin or darker, deeper brown skin, that's fine. But I'll, how about just brown skinned? What if we remove the, the segregative terms of black and white and just try it for 30 days? It's not going to be as easy as you think it is, but I believe that habits can change just by the way that we speak and the words that come out of our mouth. Studies have actually shown it takes 66 days for a new habit to become automatic. And isn't that what we want? Isn't that called real change? Where something happens automatically in my brain because, it's, because I'm now wired that way. That's what we're after. That's the Brown Initiative. And I won't move on not that I won't talk about other topics in the future, but I, I, I don't want to become complacent. I don't want to hope that this gets swept under the rug again because I care about my country. I care about every one of my fellow Americans. Whether it's deeper brown skin or lighter brown skin or browning skin since I've been out in the sun so much. Talk is cheap, but we need to have a real change within our hearts. And that is how we go now to set and change the culture.